Chase is alive. He killed my friend, now he's coming for me. He's got a death curse. Jason's a legend. I'm Mrs. Warrior, an old friend of the Christie's. Jason belongs in hell. You're joining me if you stay here. Never come back again. You see, Jason was my son. And today is his birthday. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Camp Blood Radio. I am your host, Nathan Barker, and along for the ride tonight at Camp Crystal Lake is the drunk uncle, Kent Mullins. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm back. He is back. He's uh, a little bit under the weather. He might be a little doped up on uh, prescription medicine. He had a little accident, for those of you that are friends with him on social media. So uh, he's, he's obviously alive. He is somewhat coherent, so just kind of mind, don't mind some of his little, um, I guess, babbling beyond the typical, so. The newly crippled Kent Mullins. I've, the I've newly. Got dog Seawalk now. Yep, yep, he's working on that, and uh, then next next thing you know, he's going to be addicted to pain pills, so we'll kind of see how that plays out. Well, I'm from Kentucky, so I'm just, you know, that, that kind of just goes with the flow. I would, I'd be selling him to meth head Ted. I'd be profiting <laughs> off those bitches. Yep. Just hang out at the Dollar General and just pump them out the back door. Shit. Any Dollar General or or Family Dollar or or uh, CVS, you you can you can usually find them behind the the CVS. Right on. All right. So for tonight, we will not be checking in on the Camp Blood Radio taking over the world map, but next week we will, and we do have another country that's been added to the list. So. Stay tuned for that, and you never know who could also pop in between now and then anyway. And also, there's been quite a bit of Kane's Dick Riders talk over the last couple weeks, and they have finally came out of the woodwork a little bit. But again, you're going to have to wait to hear more about that until next week also. And our quest for Tom Morga is still in effect. So please, please hit us up if you have any legit contact information. We would definitely appreciate it. So tonight... On this Friday the 13th special, actually on a Friday the 13th for September 2019. Uh, The reason for skipping stuff and getting straight down to business is because we have a very special guest joining us. Friend of the show and a personal friend of mine. And yes, for the internet clowns who every now and again will will chime in and ask me if I actually know somebody or whatever. But yes, uh, I can tell you that I do know this person personally. We are actually friends in real life. So I'd like to welcome back the man responsible for bringing you Never Hike Alone, Vince DeSanti. Hey, Nathan. How you doing? What's up, my brother? Uh, It's been a while since uh, you've been on. Actually, I think the last time you were on the show, uh, we were talking about Never Hike Alone. And I just happened to pull up and and look because I knew you were getting close to a million views on YouTube. And looks Mm -hmm. like as of today, you're almost at 960,000 views, which is fucking awesome. Congrats on the success of that project. Uh, you know, I've been behind you and had your back on that since day one, but uh, just, you know, congrats. I, I can't wait to see it cross a million. Um, so, yeah, I mean, any thoughts on that? I mean, you're, you're so close to a million. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's something that we keep an eye on. Obviously, I've never had a video have a million views on YouTube before. And I know other films like can get them instantly and other things do that. But, you know, it's the first million. So I think everyone, you know, on our team is kind of watching it and celebrating. And I get texts from people on the crew who, you know, check in on it, too. So it's pretty cool. I mean, we're we're proud of it and we're proud of where, you know, Never Hike Alone has gone. 
Absolutely, brother. I, I'm just I'm so proud of everybody and uh, every because I do know other people that were obviously involved on the project. Sean Richards, Renee, Drew, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, super, super, uh, you know, excited for you guys and and just seeing how the Friday community has embraced the the film and the merchandise and all that. It's just it's awesome. So we have some very, very exciting news. Actually, this is going to be the first time that this news is actually discussed. So the Camp Blood Radio listeners, you are going to be in for a treat because we have some very exciting news about the saga, if you will, of Never Hike Alone coming up very, very shortly here in a minute. But Kenton here, the drunk Uncle Kenton, has not actually had a chance really to talk to to Vince um, specifically about Never Hike Alone. We did have a chance to hang out with Vince a little bit last uh, year at Whorehound, Indianapolis. And you know how that is. People are drinking <laughs> and all that fun shit. So I just, I know Kent had a couple questions real quick about Never Hike Alone. So I'm going to let him uh, step in here and, and ask a couple questions before we get started with this awesome, awesome news. So Kenton, it's all yours, brother. Yeah. Well, when we hung out last year, we just mainly spent the time making fun of my accent. So I <laughs> <laughs> why why would we do that <laughs> well it was late i think uh, you know uh you guys were getting ready to get on a plane the next morning so uh everybody was just kind of having a good time and hanging out we didn't really talk about the film but i was wondering um how does it feel being almost the spearhead of this new flame for uh friday the 13th fan films because um the success of it and how good it was has really ignited a huge and I'm sure you've noticed it so many other higher quality fan films for Friday the 13th and it's all on your coattails because you paved that path man like how does that feel well I mean it it, it mostly I'm just like happy to see that fans are are jumping on board um I think that's just kind of a kind of a big sign of solidarity that you know fans are going out and taking up the mantle because we can't get any content from the studios. This is where it all began. I mean, I started making Friday the 13th content, you know, on Friday the 13th, I want to say 2015. I did something just for fun because I was so bored. I was like, well, if they're not going to make anything, I'll just make something myself. And it was like a short thing that, you know, that I did with my friends and it was stupid. And, you know, I started doing them every kind of, you know, Friday the 13th. And now to see this grow into something where, you know, you know, today, um, I know we're recording this kind of beforehand, but today on the day, uh, you know, I'll be at the Blairstown Museum, you know, celebrating the release of two other fan films um, and seeing them go through the works and stuff like that. It's it's just it's a lot of work. I think that that fans who have enjoyed this stuff, I hope that they realize that, like, people put in a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort and, you know, a lot of hours and a lot of sacrifice to get these things done. So it's I think when you see the fans supporting that it makes it all worthwhile because um, you know, we do this, you know, we do partially do this for ourselves because we want it. We've always wanted to work on Friday the 13th films, but to see fans kind of get behind it and rally us and cheer us on it, you know, it's a good feeling. It's, it's like, I can't even explain it. It's like something you'd never expect, especially in kind of a genre of fan films. Well, you, you deserve every bit of it, man, because it was so, so fucking good. I, I don't know how many times I've watched it on YouTube and, that leads to my my next and really final question because we've got so much to talk about here tonight. But uh, another thing is is were you expecting when you when you guys did that to, uh, and I'm sure you've probably noticed it as well. Never hike alone, even though it's a fan film, is slowly becoming almost acknowledged as as canon to the franchise. It's 
it's like uh, I, I don't know whether the studios were, will ever admit it, you know, because it, because it's a fan film. But ninety nine percent of the Friday the Thirteenth community just accepts this as an installment in the franchise. It's that good. Uh, well, did you have any way of? Were you expecting that at all? No, I mean, really, what I was expecting to do was like be able to post this on like <laughs> like Friday the Thirteenth like blogs and have a couple people go like, yeah, great job. <laughs> You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> you, like, you weren't expecting the the re- the the yeah. receiving that I got. No, not at all. I mean, I I knew that like a certain amount of Friday the Thirteenth fans would show up, um, just for the for the heck of it. But you know, I really did it for like you know a group of people who, you know, my friends and and myself and you know certain people. You know, it was just kind of a a thing that we wanted to do. And if we could get a hundred thousand views or something, you know what I mean? It was like, let's see how much we can get this, you know, how many views we can get on this thing and how many people will want to watch this. Um, and I don't know. I think it had to do something with like them canceling the film this year. And I, I, I don't know. I took it personally <laughs> and I, I kind of yeah. put that in a never hike alone. Um, and yeah, to see fans rallying behind it and show the, you know, showing the studios who, who have basically given up on Friday the 13th for the most part, you know, at at that point in time, after four kind of things that they dropped on, um, you know, it's, it was just like, whatever, like we're going to do it ourselves. And I think now that you, you can see that like, there's different ways to make a Friday the 13th and may still make it relevant. Um, hopefully when this legal battle all drops out, that there's a way that we can uh, keep this all going. I, th- I think, man, I honestly, I think that it was just a perfect combination of casting. Drew is amazing. Uh, also a nice guy. Um, perfect for the part. I think that your, your interpretation of Jason is, is, is fucking beautiful. The simplicity of it. I love the grays and the, there's no color in it really. And, and it just looks ominous. And uh, the hockey mask, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I think that the ghost Jason hockey mask is my favorite in the entire franchise, even of the ones made by studios, um, the, the production, everything is just, it was so well done, man. And I have yet to meet a Friday the 13th, uh, fan that, that doesn't absolutely love it. You guys just stepped up and knocked it out of the park. And, uh, what we're getting ready to talk about here in, in this episode, um, I think is going to excite a lot of people to know that you guys are continuing on, with uh, you know your your contrib- contribution to the franchise, yeah, so we're uh, pretty excited to get going. You guys knocked it out, man, and 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 I, and this is coming from somebody who is I'm kind of rough on fan films. Um, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm not gonna lie if you listen to the past episodes, but uh, I have nothing but good things to say about Never Hike Alone because you guys you guys fucking changed the game, man. You you changed it up. Well, thanks. I mean, I appreciate that. And I think that like, yeah, it's, 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 it's cool. I mean, it's, it, you never really expect this stuff. Um, but it's, you know, you just take it in stride and, you know, now we're looking forward to, to making more. Well, that, that, that carries us on into, to what uh, we're getting ready to talk about the future of, of Womp Stomp Films and uh, what you guys have in store for us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So go, go take some Vicodin pills, nurse your leg. We've got to move on. Kenton's question hour is done. So on to tonight's tonight's show. Very, very exciting news. And like I said, the, the saga of Never Hike Alone, if you will. Now, I was just talking with somebody earlier today, and I didn't mention anything. All I just said was make sure you tune in 
to the, the the show on Friday the 13th. I said there's a very special guest, and I said, in my opinion, the the news that's going to be released that particular on that particular show is going to be like uh, kind of like a mic drop, like holy shit, like especially with all the fan films coming out, and they're almost coming out by the day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like it gets overwhelming, and you're just like, oh great, here's another one. Uh, oh, oh, great. Here's, here's another one now. Um, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, uh, you, you don't know what they're going to bring, but we do know what you bring. So very exciting news. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to pass it on over to you. And with the music video that was released, I don't know if you want to start on that first into what is basically leading to a, a prequel for Never Hike Alone. And then also the saga for Never Hike Alone. Yeah, no, it's kind of, we, we released a lot. Uh, to the fans uh, first being the uh, disappear music video which is actually i mean that song disappear is something that um <clears throat> a musician friend of mine trevor vaughn wrote i want to say in 2012 maybe even prior to that um and i've always really enjoyed that song and i've listened to it over and you know, like let me just say making never hike alone a lot of long road trips <laughs> so i go through my my uh playlist a lot and Trevor's stuff is in there and I always get to that song and it always makes me think of Jason. And as I was thinking about a way to announce what we were trying to accomplish with the Never Hike Alone web series, I was trying to think of a way to create a trailer, but you know, we're going to shoot something in the snow. I didn't have snow or time to shoot something when I actually had it. Um, The actual sequels are very expensive and require a lot of assets and people and things. And we didn't, we got to shoot that with the right equipment. So we want to do that justice. And so it was like, you know, we have a Friday the 13th coming up. Um, What can we do? And I remember that I, I there was this song kind of ticking this kind of story of Jason in the back of my head. Um, I went and I visited my friend, Renee Rivas, who lives in Flagstaff. And we have kind of like these secret locations where we like to film. And we had always been toying with the location that we shot at um, for Disappear. And so when we went there, I had my costume with me because I was at Mad Monster, Arizona. And we did some test shooting. And we figured out that if we kind of planned a weekend, we could shoot something real fast. Um, And we put together that music video, I want to say, within about four weeks. Um, We shot it in two and a half days. And yeah, so we put that together. It kind of like is a nice way to kind of launch the, the, the new era. And, um, you know, even though it's a music video, it actually plays as sort of a prequel in itself. Um, it's, you know, the eyes, it's through the eyes of Jason as we've never seen them before of like, what is life like in Crystal Lake when no one's around and no one sees, and what is it like from Jason's point of view and kind of what has he been kind of putting up with all these years and where has he been? Um, a lot of, for everybody who loved Never Hike Alone, there were people who had a lot of questions about Never Hike Alone and like pick things apart. So I think doing these um, kind of prequels and, and things like that is a way to kind of expand our world and tell really cool and interesting stories and interesting settings and take advantage of the production tools that we have at our advantage um, and really create dynamic pieces of Friday the 13th um, cinema for fans and do it in kind of small bites. And so that's kind of like disappear is kind of an example of what we intend to do with the rest of the series, just with a bigger budget and more of a story and actual episodes, which will make up roughly about the length of a feature film. So press release materials, basically never hike alone saga, if you will. Mm -hmm a six part Friday the 13th fan web series. And by six part, we had obviously never hike alone, October, Mm -hmm. 2017. We have the music video, September, Mm -hmm. 2019, 
never hike in the snow, March 2020. Mm-hmm. And then we're getting into essentially NHA two, three, four that will uh, be later installments in the series throughout the rest of 2020 with the final one being in the winter of 2020, maybe into 2021, if you will. Mm-hmm. Obviously things can um, you know, come about with filming as most people are aware. So when you wrote Never Hike Alone, I know we've had conversations um, in the past about some of this stuff, but obviously stuff that's never been discussed openly like this. And is this something that the success of Never Hike Alone did it generate to where you're at now? Or was this something that when you pen Never Hike Alone, you said, I'm going to have at least, you know, hypothetically three more films out of this or four more films, whatever. Um, I think when I started, it was mostly when I had, um, when Tom came on board. So prior to Tom coming on board, I did have, like, I knew how I wanted to progress the series. And my original vision board of this whole venture was I was going to make Never Hike Alone. I was going to get a couple thousand views. I was going to show that to Tom Matthews and then he was going to be in the film and then we were going to write something. Um, him coming in that when he did kind of thrust the story into kind of overdrive. And so when I was placing where Tommy was in the story, when I was putting him in never hike alone Two sort of spawned from that. Cause I had to try to figure out where Tommy had been, what he was going through, you know, what was life like for him as a paramedic and all these different things as I was trying to figure out how to insert him into that last scene. And it created, you know, this, this kind of bubble of never hike alone Two, let's call it. And so by the time I was done shooting Never Hike Alone 1, I had a full outline for Never Hike Alone 2, and I knew exactly how I wanted it to go. The same ending, every, I mean, everything has been the same since, since then. Um, but obviously, since then, I've, I've added a few more people. Um, and when I started looking at the production schedules and I started kind of figuring out how we would shoot this film and bringing it to production companies and talking to some people who would help me out... Every number I heard was, you know, $400,000, $350,000, like very high numbers. And I, you know, I kind of balked at that. You know, it's a big responsibility to have that much money, especially for a fan film, especially when they really want us closer to the under $100,000 range for each time we crowdfund. Um, you know, some say $50,000, some kind of drift around. We're already playing kind of loose with the rules, with the way we're bringing in alumni and stuff like that. So I was really, you know, when I do one of these crowdfunding things, I want to make sure that the fans are investing in something that has been thought out and is something that when they invest their money, they know that I've taken the extra precaution to be like, listen, we're doing it this way for a very specific reason because we want to ensure that your investment is good. So by breaking out a film into its acts, per se and creating episodes it allows us us to like lower our production budget each time we crowdfund that way we can do it in smaller increments and we can do it in smaller production schedules and turn around material faster to fans so we can continue production but then take a pause so we can go back to work you know i think fans have to to remember in between all of this we still all have to earn a rent in los angeles so we can only really take you know five seven days off here and there um, if we work the rest of the month um, and everything else in the way it's going to work out. So this is kind of worked out around everyone's schedule. And since we were going to have to wait so long for um, for the spring to start, we were like, well, we have this winter you know, like window. Why don't we shoot something in the winter, something smaller than everything else, but it could be like a cool prologue. And in the spirit of like disappear, which is, you know, from the eyes of Jason Voorhees, what is it like in camp? You know, never hike in the snow is 
its own little view into the town of Crystal Lake. So we actually get to do a lot with uh, Vinny Guastafara as Sheriff Rick Cologne. Um, this he's he, you know he plays heavy in this one. Tommy uh, Tommy Jarvis is back in this one, um, and of course we're welcoming Douglas Tate into the costume as Ghost Jason. Um, you know, we still have to cast a few other roles and we're doing some other things behind the scenes for pre-production, but for the most part, this is, this script has been written for about a year and a half and I've been ready to shoot it. And this is the the best time to do it. Um, and I think with this first installment, they're going to really, what we really want to show fans is like the true power of ghost Jason, um, in the highest cinematic edge in some of the most beautiful, you know, special effects work to spread blood all over the snow. Like we're going to, we're going to do some really cool stuff. We brought Nora Hewitt onto our team along with Kelsey Burke and Justin Mabry, who are going to help us uh, craft some really, really cool stuff. Um, and then, you know, obviously we have our phenomenal cast of alumni. Um, so, you know, we wanted to do this first piece as kind of an introduction to show everybody what to expect with everything that's going on. And then in the spring, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the actual sequel to Never Hike Alone, um, fundraise for that and start the first chapter, which is called, you know, Never Hike Alone 2, Never Hike Again, which was actually named by a fan, um, in the YouTube comment section, somebody was like, the second one should be called never hike again. And I was like, that is so brilliant. I'm definitely using that. So whoever you are, take credit. That's, that's, that's how I named never hike alone too. Oh, very nice. And you know what? I, I love the approach <clears throat> and having, you know, nowadays we live in the world of streaming where we have 10 parts. Uh, well, you know, like a Netflix, they'll release mm-hmm. 10 episodes of a show mm-hmm. at a time. And then six months later, we'll get 10 more episodes or whatever. So I think we've just kind of grown and became accustomed to that's, that's kind of the life that we, that we live in now, as far as yeah. as content. And I can, I can certainly see to me, this idea just kind of follows that granted it's, it's a web series for essentially a feature film, you know, broken up into mm-hmm. installments, but it's the same kind of principle. So I think everybody, I think everybody will dig that idea. It gives you something to look forward to. And then of course, once it's all complete, you can watch it in sequence if you want. So it'll, it'll be just like watching a regular film. So um, I know how it is in the working world. I know how it is with schedules and with this type of situation, you got to do what you got to do. But I think that you're uh, you know, everybody is going to see this. They're going to see the idea and they're going to be like, Hey, I know what we've seen with never hike alone. So I can imagine what we're going to see with the other installments. So Kent said something earlier that I thought was pretty funny and we've got to touch on this and watching in the music video and Kent, you said, yeah, Jason obviously was pretty bored and it's kind of funny, you know, you know just to kind of see him sitting there in the video, like, and then, Oh shit, I heard a noise. So yeah, I love I, this. I love seeing, <laughs> and like I said, it was, it wasn't even something that I realized I had questioned, but, what is Jason doing in his downtime? Like, you know, <laughs> I love that so much. You guys uh, hitting, hitting it from that angle because we've never gotten to see that before. And uh, I, yeah, I love, I love that man. And I, yeah. I, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping we get to see more of that. Yeah. Well, we wanted with this, we wanted to show that Jason was a relic of the camp. You know what I mean? We, we open up with some, actually, let me, let me throw some shout outs right now. Uh, some people who really helped us out uh, were the fans all those signs that you saw in the beginning were made by fans and shipped to, to Flagstaff so we could use them. Um, this was all fan made. I mean, the entire thing from start to finish. And, and I, that's what I really love about this video is that, um, is that we did this with reaching out to fans and did it for like as low cost as possible. People submitted things. Uh, we paid for all the shipping and materials and all that stuff. But we said anyone who wanted to volunteer and would help is allowed to. And I think that's something that's going to help us get things going forward too and lower cost as we go. Um, but here, I want to read out a couple names. Um, Absolutely. Read off as many as you want. 
Yeah, yeah, here they are. Uh, I'm looking for it because I, I put it all in. Where's my props? Here we go. Matthew Easel, uh, David Sarnecki, Keith Saunders, and Rocky Elrod. Those four uh, fans all submitted stuff to us. And I got to give a really big shout out to Matthew Easel. Um, he did the, the, main, the main Camp Crystal Lake sign, the, the yellow one. Uh, the big also, one. Yeah, he also did the Camp Rules sign, which there were more, um, but we focused on that one, the Never Hike Alone part of it. And then he gave us a lot of the stuff that was in you know, Jason's attic. Uh, my friend Scott Medeiros also su- supplied a lot of stuff. My brother picked up a lot of stuff in Phoenix for us. Um, so yeah, it was really, um, it was a cool little venture of like people getting together in the last minute to pull together what became this music video. Well, that's awesome because I've been looking for a four foot by four foot CCL sign. So Matt, if you're listening, hit me up. We need to talk. I've talked to a couple other people. Your sign looked badass in the video. I'm, mm-hmm. a matter of fact, I asked Vince, I said, Hey, that looks an, an awful lot. And I'm sure you remember when I asked you this the other day about that sign looked like the one in, in Jason rising. Yeah. And you said, no, it's very close. And then I know that you're, you have some affiliation with Jason rising. And I thought, you know what? I wonder if maybe they just use that, you know, obviously repurposed it, which wouldn't be unheard of for, yeah. for uh, fan filmmaking. So, um, and then I didn't even think to ask you, well, who the hell made it? So stupid me. Yeah. No, uh, I know. James sweet makes all his stuff. He's a phenomenal production designer. Um, you know, those guys up there, that, you know, I, I've been, I've been blown away by James who sells himself as, Oh, I'm just an actor. And, you know, I'm directing this and this stuff. And he like really downplays himself. And then like you come back and he's like built a coffin and a fence and all these different things. And he's just like a little, every time I go back to Portland or see some stuff, he's always building something amazing. And his set design is just, I guess it's fun. I, I keep, since all the fan filmmakers talk to each other, we send each other videos and things like that. And so we see behind the scenes and I, I fans are really going to love what they're up to. They're just, it's such a cool film. I'm so happy to be a part of part of their production. And uh, you know, they're about halfway through shooting right now and they got, they're going to shoot through the fall and then they'll probably release sometime next year, but this is going to be uh, that's going to be one of the ones to look out for for sure. Absolutely. And when we had uh, an episode a while back on the fan film frenzy, uh, I mentioned Jason rising that that's the one that's going to bring some heat. And I still, <laughs> I still believe that. And I know who I know yeah. who's involved with that film and your name wouldn't be on it if there wasn't a reason. And yeah. I believe in you. I, I trust your work. I know your work. And if your name's on it, I, I already know that there's, there's value there. And I love the trailer and I can tell that James is in the right place. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to talking with him on an episode here in the near future. And then of yeah. course doing a follow up with him later. But, uh, but yeah, I can't, I, I can just imagine some of the things that were going through your mind when you were watching the music video, you're thinking in your head, like probably some kind of silly shit of what Jason would be doing in his downtime. Yeah. But, but it seems, and I told Vin this, he almost like in a way just kind of shuts down. Like he's almost, you know, powered on by noise. He's almost like a security system in a way. It's awesome. It's like a Doberman, you know, you have the, the exactly, Doberman, and yeah. the, the mean, it's mean as shit. I mean, I I had one once and he, that, that fucker would be asleep on the couch, on the couch, fucking snoring. I mean, sawing logs dead to the world. And then there would be some kind of noise that I didn't even hear. And that fucker would be up wide awake and trying to tear the door out to get outside. You know, and, and you that's, that's kind of wonder, you know, with that shot and I'm sure people are going to see it of him that, you know, him, that, that first shot, you get a glimpse of him sitting in there like, uh, what's going through his mind, if anything, you know, like what, what is, what's, what's turning around inside that, that brain of his, it, it's just so well done, man. I'm so excited for this. I, I can't yeah. wait. 
It's just the wind blowing through his ears. Yeah. What did the band <laughs> think about all that, though? I do have to ask that. I mean, what 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 did the band think about the video? I mean, obviously the, oh, the song was it. out prior, so it was yeah. an afterthought of doing a video. Yeah, no, I, it's something I talked to Trevor about a long time ago, and obviously Trevor's song was at the end of Never Hike Alone, uh, Another Soul. Um, I also used another one of Trevor's songs in another one of my, my videos. Um, I, I tend to use Trevor's stuff a lot. Um, he's just a, I grew up, you know, we both grew up in the same area. We have mutual friends. We've been friends for a long time. Um, and he's just a phenomenal musician and, you know, wildly gifted, you know, just talented. And anytime I can give, you know, one of my friends an opportunity to step up and, and do something, I, I love collaborating with them. I mean, there's no other people I'd want to work with in the world than the people who I care most about. So I want to see, you know, my friends do well. And I thought that this was a good pairing of, you know, my style, Friday the 13th and his story. And, you know, he loves all the Never Hike Alone stuff and has been a big champion of it, him and his wife, Heather. Um, so, yeah, I, I knew they'd get a big kick out of it. And, you know, we kind of, he didn't really know what was going. He just basically said, do whatever you want to do. And then we sent him the cut and he was really pumped when he, when he saw it. And so really excited. So yeah, we were, we were really happy with it. Hey, Very if you nice. guys ever need anything, um, I, I, I make masks and props and bobble. I've done, I've made silicone masks. I've dabbled in almost everything. Uh, <laughs> I'd be happy to, to pitch in and help uh, at some point with anything. If you, yeah. if you ever need anything, just let me know. And I'd be happy to make it obviously free of charge because I would love to be a part of all this too. Yeah. Well, we'll just put it out there. I mean, just go to Womp, uh, contact us at wompstompfilms at gmail.com. Um, that's how we got it out there before is we just have people direct contact us. And if you, you know, just show us the work you've done. And then when we start, you know, when, when it comes to production, we generate an asset list and we see what we have to build and then we'll just reach out to people, you know, and spread it out. There's, you know, we can, you know, we can kind of farm things out and be like, Hey, you know, how much is it going to cost to get this hand, you know, made or something like that? You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, we can start that process. Uh, if anyone wants to email us, we'll, we'll definitely take, uh, take anybody. I mean, yeah, he did. everybody, any artists I, out there. Hang on though. I got to give a disclaimer here. He did make the hood that general manager, Tom Morgan wears for his costume photo ops. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of a fucking big deal. <laughs> He's yeah, still wears that's what Morga. All right, yeah. The second most interesting Jason in the world. I know. I, I keep saying that. Tom Morgan is like an underrated gem. Plus, I love his portrayal in part five. He's amazing. Absolutely. Part five is so underrated. Oh, I know. Yeah, you know what? I, that, also, that's the original ghost Jason. Yeah, yeah. Tom Morgan is like the OG ghost Jason, I'm saying. <laughs> and he See still looks at out. his age amazing in the in the costume. I don't know if you've seen him at the conventions doing a costume photo op. He doesn't look any different, does he, Nathan? No, he really doesn't. I mean, at all. He's kind of on the skinny side like me, so we're just like united. I love. Yeah, I mean, he's him. not hunched over. I mean, he still stands straight up. He nice. is pretty much built the same. He hasn't lost a ton of weight or gained a bunch of weight. He pretty much looks exactly like he did it on screen in 1985. All that uh, masonry and, and lumber and moving <laughs> around. <laughs> It's kept him Absolutely. in shape. Absolutely. You know, he's active at Home Depot, man. That's a lot of walking yeah, he's doing there. He's got a lot of employees. He's got to supervise. But I, what I will say is, obviously, and we'll get we'll get to Doug Tate in a minute because Doug's a fucking awesome guy. I love Doug Tate. Mm -hmm. But how awesome would it be to have, kind of like how Nick Castle stepped in the mask in the last Halloween, oh, yeah. to have Tom Morga as Ghost Jason in, like, one scene? I can, like, oh, oh, they like, might be a pro. Oh, ah. Dude, there might be. I mean, can dude, we make it I, happen? I, all right, I'm gonna. Um, I'm writing it down right now. 
I mean, I'm going to start a campaign for this. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to say it right now. We're going to do a Tom Morgan campaign as even one fucking scene. Not only is, you know, like I can't, like, I'm not going to give everybody the details, but if if you've watched Never Hike Alone, it's, it's kind of the template for the series. Everything that we did in Never Hike Alone, we hope to accomplish with our series, but do it 10 times better. Um, from the standpoint of like everything that we learned through the process of never hike alone, we got really good at what we, what we could do by the end of it. Um, and now we've kind of been putting that in different things. And this story is, is going to be a lot of fun, but we're going to do some cool technical camera things and, and stuff like that. But, you know, part of that is the, the haunting of Jason. That's not going away. That, that scene was at the end of never hike alone for a very specific reason, specifically tying into part five. We're going to see more of that stuff throughout the series. Um, some really cool scenes that I've got designed with actual, like the ghost version of Jason, I guess you could say, but I would say that, wouldn't that be cool if Tom Morga played ghost Jason in just those scenes where he's, he's a, uh, he's just an apparition. Be kind absolutely. Of cool break it out. I'll talk to Doug about it. I mean, Doug, mean. absolutely. I mean, and I'm surprised that somebody, and if I wanted to get Tom's contact info that bad, I could do it. I, uh, there's IMDB pro there's <laughs> connections. If I wanted to contact him, I could do it. But I really want to see if anybody, I keep saying somebody, if you have it, reach out to me. I kind of want to see if anybody is going to reach out and say, hey, I've got this or I've got that or give me a number, give me an email. And nobody has yet. But it's getting to the point now where we joke so much about general manager Tom Morga that I've had people make memes of Tom Morga in a fucking Home Depot uh, outfit and send them to me. They've been posted around on Facebook and Instagram or whatever. So the, the listeners are, are going along with the joke and it's getting, it's getting pretty funny. Yeah. Tom Morgan um, is, is very beloved and sacred on this podcast. Oh yeah. He's almost our mascot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. He kind of is really. And, and you know, Kent, there's that picture of you and I standing with CJ from, um, from fucking uh, Scarefest like three years ago. And I'm gonna see. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see if we can Photoshop Tom Morga in his uh, Home Depot outfit that somebody else used. We're gonna have to Photoshop in him in place of CJ. How funny would that no, be? No, 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 no. You need to Photoshop us in a Home Depot, like looking at the paint section and Tom pointing like he's explaining. Oh my to god! <laughs> well, while we're while we're uh, when we're when we're at the next convention. That we're gonna have to go to the local Lowe's or Home Depot or, or Walmart, any place that has a paint section, and we're gonna have to get a shot of you and I, and then we're gonna have to, you know, have have it <laughs> open behind us or next to us so somebody can Photoshop in. That's gonna happen. You know that, right? That's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is so involved. <laughs> you guys are you guys are committed. I mean, Damn. It, it, it's it's almost it's just became like a like with Kane's Dick Riders, and we've got the people who hate us over that, and we've got the people who love us, and great responses, great responses over Tom Morgan. And we're we're just we're just trying to have some fun yeah. and not be so fucking boring. Yeah, I was busted. I was busted. Nate's ballsy. There, I was like, man, you always fucking give it hard to Kane Hodder, man. He did too. <laughs> he like, did you're too. always I so hard you know. on the man. Jesus. And, but do you and remember what down, I told you? you know, keep down, we love Kane. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. No, I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not... oh, yeah so and I mean, I, I, I don't so remember what I told you man. exactly, but yeah, we, and we, we kind of it seems that way. But if people would legit listen, they they don't. They just automatically think like we're bashing Kane. It's like, no, we're not doing that. That's not really what it's about. 
but a lot of people enjoy it i get messages left and right hey i love the banter i think it's funny and uh you know stepping outside the traditional friday world or the the radio world and it's nothing personal and i know uh matter of fact and uh we'll have you back on later to talk about that but congrats on your your uh involvement with 13 fanboy uh yeah we didn't mention that at the beginning of the show which is something that of course we can talk about at a later date but uh, i know you got to you, you got to work with some friday alum i'm not going to say anything more than that because obviously things are still uh yeah, under wraps Borges with that will- Deb will kill us. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't uh, want. Yeah, no, we had, Deb? but Deb, uh, just uh, on that, on that, I'll just say that Deb's doing a great job, and we were all like, you know, it was a lot of fun. We were out in New Mexico for two and a half weeks, and we got to work with some really cool people. And um, you, you know, got in a hailstorm. You survived. You a hail got, storm. Yeah, I survived a hailstorm. Yeah, I got, I got a real like taste of Rio Doso. So um, I can't wait to go back and finish it up. You know, I've talked to to Deb, and actually, she just texted me today for some things, and I got to give her stuff. So. Yeah, it's, it's steaming along. I think fans are going to be really happy. Um, that's where, actually where I met Nora Hewitt, um, and we've been working together on some really cool things. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot to announce pretty soon, um, you know, not just with Never Hike Alone. There's, we've been working with a lot of other filmmakers and things like that, setting up some really cool projects with some really cool people. So I think over the next two months, people are going to want to pay attention to Wompstomp Films and follow us on social media because we're going to announce some projects that I think are going to turn some heads. Absolutely. Did, uh, throughout throughout all this, have you have you guys reached out to any of the alumni that just gave you a cold no? Um, no, I mean, I we really, I really haven't gone after alumni so, per se. Um, you know, with Tom, obviously, I was introduced to him through Barry, and then through Tom, I met Vinny. You know, I I asked about that. I said, you know, if I wanted to do a sequel, I'd love to get Rick Cologne back. I mean, it would be great. And so Tom was like. Well, I know Vinny. I see him every now and then. He has like an acting school in North Hollywood and, and all this stuff. And so lo and behold, I was I was introduced to Vinny Guastafar about a year and a half ago. Um, and we've been friends ever since. Vinny and Vinny. I go to his, his acting class. I, I take a lot in. We've become friends. He's been cast in a in the same film as me uh, called uh, it's called the, the Badge, the Gun and the Hangman's Noose, which is a Western where he's going to play my dad. Um, we've become really good friends and I've been waiting. I've been sitting on this for like a year and a half, like waiting to shout to this guy that we got Vinny and he's going to play Sheriff Rick Cologne. Um, I think that's a huge part of this, this story. I think bringing Rick back is kind of this key essential thing that should be really exciting for fans because we're going to see Rick and Tommy. Um, and so we're going to see this rivalry resurge and it's really, it's a really fun part of the movie. Um, and then of course with Doug, um, Doug was the first alumni to cold call me you know just send me an email and just say hey i caught never hike alone you really understand the franchise great job you know just wish me well in my endeavors and so since then i i had bumped into to doug a few times at monster palooza and we had chatted and i had thanked him for you know his, his nice email and as we kept talking and talking about what we wanted to do and he was asking me about the series and i was telling him about all these ideas um the subject came up about like you know i can't be in the costume anymore um and I really want, you know, and I'm, you know, it's something that like, I think it'd be really special if like a former Jason took over the helm. And I think that, you know, Doug, who was a kid when he was in Freddy versus Jason has gone on since then that one scene and done so much suit work and so much, you know, just, you know, unbelievable characters and, you know, brought a lot of stuff and has just kept, you know, growing as, you know, as an actor, you know, I can't think of anybody better who's in the prime of his career right now to step into that role for us and take over so we can take Ghost Jason to that next level because he's trained as a stuntman. 
and trained to do things that like I could never do. Um, and so now we have him as our roster so we can bring him out and, you know, we, we're going to go out and expand roles for everyone else. And we think with this trio um, starting off this way, who knows who else we're going to add along the way that this is a great set of alumni to bring into our story to help really tell a compelling tale of, you know, how we bring an end to the death curse. That's, I think that's a great addition. Like I said, I love Doug Tate. Doug has an awesome body of work. And he's one of them that could have been right up there in the mention of the most interesting Jason in the world when we had that conversation because mm-hmm. he's been in so many fucking all. He's like Tom Morga. He's like the modern Tom Morga. He's been yeah, in all man, these fucking. Yeah, is at his his like credits <laughs> right crazy. now. I didn't realize yeah. how much he was in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, think about that. He's like the he's like the modern Tom Morga. That makes like perfect sense. But to have Doug and then to have Tom do a few scenes, I mean, holy shit, that's like. Yeah. I mean, the Can thing you is, imagine that? I mean, I, I think that that would be fun. And I'll definitely talk to Doug about it and be like, what do you think? Because I know one of the reasons why we are parsing things out is because when you got, have guys like Vinny and Tom and Doug who have lives and careers and things they're being booked for and stuff like that, you can only get them at certain days of the time and you got to shoot out their days and it's going to be a scheduling nightmare. So, I mean, I think Doug will be there most of the time. Who knows? I'll probably end up in Ghost Jason Garb at some point just to make it work. I'm sure Brian will come back and reprise the role. Um, who also will have a role within the film. Um, you know, I'm hooking up my stunt guys. I want to give them actual roles in the film this time uh, because they did such a kick-ass job last time. And I'm sure they'll be doing some fun stuff, but we're, you know, we got, um, we got a good cast of characters, you know, not just from the main cast and we'll announce who they are as we go along. Um, but yeah, we, I don't know. We're just, I'm just really excited. I've been sitting on all this information for like a year. <laughs> you know waiting for the perfect time to kind of talk about it and there were just so many fan films out and it just wasn't the right time it felt like you know we still had to do work on our um our our blu-ray stuff you know we were basically paying back our debts from the first film and really figuring out man if we're really going to do this again how are we going to do this and not you know do it on our own dime again you know how can we do this so the crowdfunding actually covers everything and that we can you know remain like financially stable um, which was, you know, a challenge, you know, in the previous, the, the last time it was like the wild west, but now that we've gone and gone through it, um, we have a system and we got a formula that, that works for us. And we've been able to kind of stabilize it, um, and figure out how this crowdfunding machine works, how to best kind of price things out. And, uh, we think now we have the right formula to get everything done on the budgets that we want to get them on, but bring a high production value as to the likes of something you've never seen before in a, in a Friday fan film. Well, I will say this, just to me, this is, this is huge, huge news. And I think it, you handled the uh, Indiegogo um, Kickstarter, whatever you want to call it from NHA. I mean, very well. Communication was awesome. Awesome perks, awesome merch, uh, quality all the way around. And with the response that NHA has, like I said, almost a million views, and I see the response on social media. I see the response at conventions. You're gonna, you're definitely gonna have uh, a continued legion of fans. Um, and I, to me, this is like the ultimate in the fan film world, no doubt. You know, I think we're we're looking at like another year and a half, two years of of stagnant, you know, Friday the Thirteenth content from the studios because of the legal battle. Um, Friday, you know, fan films are are the only kind of medium that we can enjoy right now. And I think it's, it's enjoyable watching fans go out and try to succeed. And I think we've been constantly pushing the bar 
Um, I think that, you know, Never Hike Alone kicked that bar, you know, way up high and kicked the ball for that far down the road. And now everyone is, is seeing like, okay, if that's the bar, then we're going to come out and you have a lot of people coming out with good material. Um, and you know, you're going to have, you know, Vengeance Voorhees, Jason Rising, his name was Jason, uh, the, you know, I think it's the fall of Camp Blood, um, and a lot of these other fan films that are coming out, um, everyone is, is striving for it to be good. They want people to feel the same way about their film as they feel about Never Hike Alone, or as when I felt it, like, I just wanted them to feel good about it the same way they felt about, you know, Jason Lives and the final chapter and the first, you know, and, and the original and, and all these ones that we've come to love, you know, near and dear to their hearts. The fact that fans are welcoming in fan films into their homes as if, you know, their continued canon, I think is is a real cool thing. And that's, that's, you know, that's the opportunity here is we want to, you know, we, we set the bar before now we want to knock it higher again. And we really, you know, I, you know, as a, as a filmmaker, believe in this story as a fan, I can't wait to tell this story. There's just so much cool, like Jason action and Tommy, like it's Jason versus Tommy. It's, it's Tommy and Rick, you know, Kyle is a big part of the mix. You know, this, I guess the biggest difference is a lot of this is told from Tommy's perspective, but as we fold Kyle's character into the story, Kyle McLeod is very much like the key element in which Tommy has needed all these years and they end up working together. It becomes like a buddy film. Um, and I think people are really going to dig it in each, you know, episode, you know, Never Hike Again tells basically the story of Never Hike Alone all from Tommy's perspective. We see him going out, how they found, you know, what brought them to Kyle, what Tommy's been dealing with all these years. And then, you know, all Tommy's perspective through his fight with Jason and then more, um, you know, Never Hike Alone 3, which is Jason Takes Crystal Lake, is now this is, you know, basically the true, I think, sequel of what everyone was just expecting is Jason coming into town. You know, Tommy and, and Kyle, um, you know, retreating to Crystal Lake and trying to figure out what to do. But then, you know, Jason's basically all, you know, he's basically given up at this point trying to keep it a secret. He's just going to kill as many people as he can until someone takes him down. And he takes down a lot of people. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we wanted to break that one off and save it for the summer, uh, shooting over the summer. So we could really put a lot of time and effort into shooting this one. Cause we got a lot of people to kill on that one. And then there's never hike alone for the final hike, which is, you know, and I won't give anything away, but with everything that is learned in Jason takes crystal Lake and whoever survives that film, those characters will venture back to the camp and they'll try to defeat Jason once and for all. And we want to do an epic, you know, battle scene. I mean, if you like, if you thought Tommy versus Jason, if you've ever seen it before, this is the one you want to see. Um, we're going to design a huge fight for Tommy and Jason. Um, there's going to be firework. Uh, there's going to be special effects and all these different things is going to be really expensive. And if the fans can back it and, you know, get behind us a hundred percent on that idea, we're really going to present something that, um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's just going to leave fans, uh, you know, just, I think wanting even more, but we're going to try and just end it there. <laughs> well, <clears throat> and, and Kent and I talked about this a, a couple of times and I'll get to it in just a second, but <clears throat> the, I think the funding is going to be more than there and the response, like I said, with never hike alone and above and beyond. And now with, with this information that's being, uh, you know, disclosed of what the big picture is, I think it's going to be, it's going to be huge. And I knew about it prior, obviously, um, conversations you and I have had, and I, yeah. I kind of didn't know You've exactly. Seen it growing. <laughs> yeah, I seen I seen it growing. I mean, we, we've talked a few times, potential ideas and this, that, and the other. And, you know, I told Kenton, I said, I didn't even know Doug was attached to it until 
couple weeks ago or whatever. And uh, so there's things that, that change, you know, by the day. And like you said, you could add more people later and there's a lot of time between now and then it doesn't seem like it, but it kind of is. I mean, there's several, several months here. And uh, obviously there's time between installments that you just never know what could happen. But the one thing that I just want to say is with all this, like I said, it's been kind of overwhelming with the fan films and the plethora of them. Mm-hmm. And some of them are getting it, some of the some of the buzzes, Kent and I, and and I'll just say it because I I just don't even fucking give a shit at this point. Some of it's just getting kind of ridiculous. I mean, it it really is. It's getting kind of ridiculous. I've seen, and I'm not going to mention any specific films, but I've seen some. Uh, Kent, you'll know what I'm talking about, and you can say whatever you want. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it uh, without mentioning anything specific, but to the point where people have said so-and-so is the next Jason or the new Jason. And it's like, you ain't even fucking seen the film yet. It ain't even out yet. So yeah. how, how do you, how do you know? I mean, <laughs> so we this don't even person, know they didn't record this on a fucking iPhone yet. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So how is un undisclosed person, the new Jason or the next Jason or whatever the fuck you want to call it? Like, I just have to laugh. It's total fucking bullshit like you haven't even seen the movie if if the movie comes out and it's that great and then a a mass of people want to say oh they're we're going to recognize you as as the next jason that's fine anybody can go to a convention anybody can set up a table and sell pictures and put on a costume and this that and the third i get that but there's there's some circumstances that it's just it's just kind of like why don't we wait till the film comes out first before we really get to that point i mean it's it is. I mean, can't you know? It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, but if you're gonna do that, if that's the, then it would be Vin. Exactly. At this point well, in time. Well, I mean, I'll jump in. I mean, I think that the, I think one of the key things to remember is that, you know, you gotta. I think for a lot of people, these are these are important moments in their lives. I know that Never Hike Alone was a huge moment in my life, um, and I didn't even, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even understand the the convention circuit at that point well enough to know how to use it to raise awareness about never hike alone i went to them you know in costume with cards handed them out even though i know you're not supposed to hand out cards but you know you, you did whatever you could and i got to bump into people while i was in costume and people had, had heard about stuff and i think that one of the things that happens and i think this is one of the this is one of the negative sides of, of never hike alone's um popularity is that i think that now the pressure is everyone's expected to hit a certain tier everyone's supposed to hit a certain amount of views or this stuff so i think fan makers feel pressure and they're trying to find any way shape or form to get heard because i can say for one thing is that as popular as never hike alone is i bump into more people at conventions who have never heard of us before um who don't even know what fan films are who have never even given one a shot and the moment you get to sit there and talk to one you create one fan two fan three fan the people that they tell about it and i've seen it i've I've gone away from from cons and i've seen our plays jack up because a, a bunch of new fans have gone out and told their friends because you know they met me and and they had that experience and i think that it in the future going forward if fan films are going to become going to become a part of the fold i think it becomes important for them to go out and do the circuits and show up and if they want to get a table and do that stuff um i think as long as they keep it with the you know as long as there's fan film on their title things and they you know they they present themselves as that and and all those different things i think we should go for it i think more fans should get involved and see kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit and it's up to each one to bring quality it's up to each one to bring a certain amount of 
you know, excitement for the fans and deliver something to the fans. Cause that's ultimately who you have to answer to. Um, I think it'd be very hard to just ride the convention circuit um, with a poster <laughs> and no content and no nothing. Um, yeah. I think, you know, I think it is, I think it is important that you're bringing content with you, that you're showing people what you're doing, that you, you know, you're proving, you know, your, yourself. Um, and there's different ways to do it. There's photography. You know, I've seen a lot of cosplayers who go out there and I think I've, you know, I've seen cosplayers with booths, um, you know, professional cosplayers, and that's what they present themselves as. And I think that that's, you know, super notable. A lot of the attention to detail that people put into their costumes and things like that are worth a look, you know, a lot of the times to see it, to see a costume broken down, to see the nuancey things that if you're a cosplayer, if you can go and look at how your favorite cosplayer made their costume, things like that. I think that, that that's something there. I think it's just about how you frame it. But yeah, at that same time, I can see how people, I mean, I've felt that way where I've been like, wait, who is saying who and and why are people at conventions like I, you know, I was I felt lucky when I got invented, you know, when I got invited to a convention, you know, I've still had to pay my way for each of these things. I've never been paid to go to one, um, you know, so it's it's for me, it's like I was just I find it extremely lucky whenever I get that opportunity. And I know for anybody, the number one thing that they walk away with, no matter what their intentions are, is getting to meet a bunch of people who are fans of Friday the 13th and that you've touched, you know, people who you never realized when you're out there sweating your ass off in a sweaty silicone mask um, and wondering why you made the decisions you made in your life <laughs> to lead you right. to that point. You know, when you're in the middle of a forest and, you know, you can't get the battery to work on the friggin' camera and you're just sitting there losing light and you're wondering what's going on. You know, when someone shakes your hand and says, you know, I saw Never Hike Alone and it just really made me happy. Um, I think that that's what everyone's reaching for. And I think that they should go for it. And I just, you know, as everyone stays grounded as they go through that, that path, I think that's, that's, you know, that would be my advice, I think for people. Well, I, I agree with you and I'm all about the fans. I am a fan. I do this show for the fans. We'd like to get more fans involved it, without the fans and helping to keep Friday alive, keep Jason alive it would just kind of diminish. So I don't have any problem with the fan films whatsoever. I don't, I don't mean that. And I'm not trying to throw shade, but when you get on social media sometimes and <clears throat> with, with my involvement with numerous facets in the Friday world, whether it be stuff with first Jason or stuff with this show or just other things in the Friday world, um, we'll just leave it at that. But Sometimes you can't get away from it. Every time you scroll, every time you go from Twitter to Instagram to Facebook to whatever the fuck you want to check next, um, sometimes some some stuff is just way over the top, and you're just like, oh my god, here we go again with that, or you just you get fed up with it, and it's like some these films, some of these films haven't even been released yet. Why are we talking in the manner that we are? So my venting is to like Kent. And he knows he knows exactly what I'm talking about, which he usually probably gets it when he's asleep or whatever. And I've probably I'm probably drunk and I'm just fed up at the end of the day. Like, you know, look at this bullshit. You know, Rant, I, read it, I read it and I'm like, oh, God damn it. He's drinking again. Uh, here we go. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I'm look at this fucking bullshit. And here's another one and blah, blah, blah. But I will say that. Like with yours, okay, yours has been out and it's been out for a couple of years and it's almost at a million, which is, I think, I think that's been awesome. That's, I'm surprised it's not over a million, but it's close enough. So if people were to say, yeah, I, like Kent was saying, you know, as far as being canon and being respected and it is respected, I could see that if people were saying that more as far as your, your take and where you're going, um, 
in the future with uh, further installments with the web series. I think and, they're just getting a little yeah. too cocky too soon. A- absolutely. Well, absolutely. I you, you, I mean, you get to do lots of, I mean, I think it, people get excited, you know, people get excited for their films in different ways. I mean, I was, um, you know, I try to underplay my hand. That was my move. Um, you know, people just do it differently. Um, and I, that's one thing that I've, you know, I, I kind of questioned, I've, you know, I've, I've definitely been on the record of questioning people's motives and what are they thinking and doing these things, you know, and I think that the, the less I started to care and started just being like, you know what, say whatever you got to say to get people in the seats or to get them sitting in front of a thing, just show up on your due date and release something. You know, I think that that that's kind of what it's coming down to. And I think that this is what's exciting about it. And I think that's why people are getting so jacked up is because the fan films are coming because there was oh, never yeah. hike alone. And then, there were a lot of other fan films in production and they've been in production and it's been two years, you know um, it's, I mean, I've been waiting, you know, type thing where I was like trying to find the right footing for never hike alone to come back into the fold. And I feel like now is the perfect time. All these other, all these other films are on their tail end of post-production. They're going to be released, you know, Jason rising in the middle of shooting that's going to come out. And I think that the way that this is going to flow, it's going to be really nice. Um, I think if someone wants to, they should create a Marvel style phase fan film phase poster, just showing all the fan films coming out over the next, you know, three years. I mean, that's partially what our, you know, six part fan web series poster is. It's kind of showing what the plan is, but it would be cool to see that with all the other fan films jammed in there and to see content spread out there the way that, you know, Disney would handle Star Wars. That's how we want to see Warner Brothers and Paramount and New Line handle Friday the 13th when they get the rights back. We want it to handle it like this. You know, give us a lot of a content. Don't give us like morsel, you know, one film every 10 years, you know, that's basically a regurgitation. You know, give us something that's based on something that we know and we love and let's continue it. Let's not stop those stories. Let's continue them going forward and give them, you know, fresh brush of life on, on, you know, streaming or YouTube or whatever it has to be. But here's a good example. And we're going to keep making them until somebody makes them legit. And that's what I love about the NHA saga, if you want to call it that, or what I keep calling it that, which I suppose is appropriate. But when I knew that we were going to talk about this and I knew it was going to be released for public consumption, to me, it was a breath of fresh air because I know that you bring quality to the table and that you have the passion and the care that I would expect from you know, a true fan film. It, it's much more than just a fan film. It's, it's, it's going in different directions. It's, it's more than one part. I mean, there's obvious passion and care there and not that yeah. the others don't have that or future ones won't have that. But I was just, like I said, to me, it was a breath of fresh air because all the other fan film talk has been a little overwhelming and it's like, okay, I don't know what any of them bring other than I can see it in Jason rising. That's for damn sure but I know what you bring. So now it's like, okay, great. Now at least, at least we know where, where that bar was started with NHA, you know, part one, if you will. So I guess that's, that's kind of where I was going with that is, is your announcement for this is, is a breath of fresh air to me. And I know Kent feels the exact same way because trust me, we've had some conversations about the other ones. I can tell you that. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's a breath of fresh air for me because now I can talk about it. You know what I mean? I've been kind of like whole, people have been asking for so long. We're going to sequel, 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 and to sit there and be like, well, it's not really a sequel, but we're going to do it like this. 
Yeah. Um, and I've shown people, you know, I've teased it. At, you know, there are some people out there who have gone to the cons who saw me and I said, hey, you know, for, you know, getting a Blu-ray, here's what you get. You know, and I show them a picture of Never Hike Alone. I show them, you know, my friend Brian, who uh, played the hiker for the photo shoot that we shot last winter. Um, you know, we did like a little quick photo shoot to see how the new, cause we were building the new costume at that point. Um, and I was trying to get it back and, and that was before we had it fitted and we did more stuff to it. Um, but, um, yeah, so we, we kind of did that, but you know, it's, it's like, it's nice. It's nice to be able to like talk to fans about it and then engage. And I think that's, what's going to be a lot of fun about this, this campaign is that people are going to have a lot of questions. And I think if they were, you know, I think each fan film brings its own story, but what I'm trying to bring is something really deep. Um, and I know when you think of Friday the 13th, the last thing you think of is deep, but this is a well thought out story that, you know, has to do with like, imagine a town that's haunted by this curse and one man who knows that, you know, it's probably never going to end and a bunch of people just wishing it away and hoping it reminds me of the TV show. You know, when the TV show was being talked about, it reminds me of that. Mm. I mean, it's anything. It's about any any curse that you've ever thought has died and been laid dormant. It's like the mummy's curse. It's like anything. We all know that, you know, Tommy's kind of the agent of change. He's the guy who's been like waiting all these years for Jason to show up, but he never does. But people go missing and there's never any answers and no one can really put their finger on it. And the police department's not doing anything about it. And Tom feels this like overwhelming pressure to protect the town. And this is all leading to, I wanted fans to get a little bit more insight into Tommy. I wanted to follow his perspective, start a movie. You know, the movie would start off, if we were making a movie, it would start off from Tom's perspective and show his day in the life. And that's what Never Hike Alone 2 is. Um, It's really like what he deals with on a daily basis and what his life is like before he met Kyle McLeod. And then we see how he met Kyle McLeod and what is about to ensail. So it's kind of funny because Never Hike Alone 2 is called Never Hike Again. And it really is Never Hike Alone again, but all from Tom's perspective. But we see, you know, there's some elements in there that if you've ever seen Back to the Future 2, how you can kind of see the other movie happening while the other one's happening. Well, there's going to be moments like that, too. And it's going to be a very clever, cool movie of like these two pieces of these two characters kind of near missing each other and how they brought together. Um, and I think fans are really going to get to see it. They're going to see some cool stuff of like, you know, what happens outside the ambulance after the ambulance. And then that sets up for, you know, the next part of the tale, which, you know, brings us into town, which raises the production value 10 times. So we have to stop at that moment and go, okay, now we're going to do a new crowdfunding campaign. And this is the next story. And I think once people watch Never Hike Again, we can tell them about the next part of the tale and what's about to happen and how it's going to unfold. Um, but even then, there are clues in Never Hike Alone and there are clues in Disappear, in Disappear that are all clues towards the finale of the film. And in each episode, there will be clues to how we want to end it. And I think, you know, I think when fans start to watch them and then go back through, there's stuff to pick out and stuff to look at. And there's always clues to the next episode in the previous episode. So in Disappearance, there are clues as to what is going to happen and Never Hike in the Snow. Um, you just don't know what it is yet. Well, so that, is, is Tommy... Is Tommy kind of like uh, the modern day crazy Ralph now? Is he like the pretty much the, pretty the much nutcase that well everybody yeah. thinks he's a nutcase, but he's preaching the truth. They just aren't aware of it. Pretty much. I mean, he isn't as vocal about it. He's quiet. He keeps to himself. I mean, he's very much, you know, he's lost all his friends. You know, in this world, you know, Jennifer Cook is not coming back. I'm sorry, everybody. There's no Megan Garris, and in this world, Tommy is like actually divorced um 
he, you know, if there was ever a relationship with him and Jen, she, you know, she wanted to leave and he didn't, and he couldn't leave and he could not stay away and he couldn't stop doing the things he does, um, and getting himself into trouble. And so she just couldn't stand watching him destroy himself anymore. And she left. And so he's been living alone and Crystal Lake is a paramedic just driving the ambulance, doing his thing, keeping his eye out, you know, and every time he gets to a place, he's just a little bit too late. And there might be something, but there's no proof. There's no proof that Jason did it, but he's got a, he's got this awful feeling that Jason's had something to do with it. Um, and, you know, beyond that, I mean, he's haunted just like Kyle is. And in reverse, Kyle is haunted like Tommy is. That's where that came from. And Tommy is still cursed and he is still haunted. So we're, we're going to see Tommy deal with it, but we're going to see him deal with it in a much different way. Um, and so it's cool to see the contrast because eventually this story brings together Tommy and Kyle and this combination of old school and new school is what's going to be needed in order to take Jason down. And we're going to introduce other characters as well that play important parts of the, of the story. One of them is set up in never hike in the snow. And then they come back in the later episodes and play a very vital role in kind of the, um, in the last two episodes. And they appear in the first one as well. Are we going to see any forest green reference? I have to ask that. Um, I will let this out of the bag now. So if you go to the last page in your Never Hike Alone script, anyone who's purchased one through the digital rewards, you'll see that Camp Forest Green does exist. If we can get there, we could probably, you know what? I might be able to do something with that. Um, there might be something we could do there. But in the world of Never Hike Alone, Camp Forest Green is uh, a separate property. You know, and the world and Never Hike Alone, the original Camp Crystal Lake was never reopened. People are so scared of that land and don't want anything to do with it. They've chained that off and they just built Camp Forest Green near it on the other side of the cove. But um, it's a different lot, but in the same area. And that's why Jason came back to it. That's my excuse for it. It's the way to make them both coexist. Um, but we could actually, I think now with, because we have two camps now. We have two abandoned camps that we can shoot at. So we might be able to make one forest green and the other you know there's, there's things we can do um production wise but for right now we know what we need to shoot and where we need to shoot and those are answers we can figure out next year well that's still far more answers than any of the other installments in the franchise have bothered giving <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's little things it's not something i'll stop the movie to go like wait a second in this part of the movie we need to explain you know we're not gonna i don't think we'll do that we'll we'll see yeah, it in, if we can if we can see it in passing we'll see it in passing but you know i think that um you know, the focus of the movie is going to be the story again. Um, and the kills will pick up as the story goes. Um, obviously, there's only so many kills in the first act, and we try to add as many as we can. But we really, like, I really want to, like, tell people that if they stick with us and, like, we're and every time we kill somebody, it's going to be magnificent. I mean, we've got some really good ideas. Uh, we're going to make that head crush by the lake look like child's play. Um, you know, we've come with some really fantastic stuff. And then when we get to three, you know, we... That's that's our body count film. I mean, now Jason's around people and he's in in the town. And I think like, you know, you can imagine kind of a scenario like uh, Halloween 2018, the best part of the movie, that big steady cam shot. We're not doing that. But if you can imagine Jace, Jason loose in that sort of world. Um, like Manhattan or something like that. I mean, not so much Manhattan, like he's walking around <laughs> a thing, but I think you're going to see some started on that. Uh, no, it's going to be it's going to be more like a classic your classic Friday the 13th of a house of teens. Um, there's a little bit of a, of a storyline there with them. Um, people vacationing in Camp Crystal Lake and partying and not realizing it and kind of bringing back that old part three and four charm. Um, 
it's kind of like what Jason does before he gets to uh, before he gets to the to the hospital. And yeah, guess what? We're bringing Jason to the hospital, so we're gonna get some Halloween two action um, going on. So we got, I mean, we got it all, you know. And that's kind of the reason why we've broken it up. The first one is in the snow. The second one is mostly outdoors. Has to do with a lot of vehicles, you know. The third one mostly based at the hospital and some other locations that we're going to have to shoot. And the last one's back at camp. So um, we broke it out by the location so we could shoot them all in those pods and we're going to shoot them over the next year. And I mean, fans just like strap in by the, if, if we can get this and the fans can support this, let's, let's say tomorrow the Indiegogo reaches its goal and reaches all the way to our the end of our stretch goal, then we'll just go make it and we'll figure it out and we'll probably make it the same way. Um, but this is going to take a continued investment by fans. They're going to help us have to help us make never hike in the snow and then never, you know, and there's going to be time in between for people to recoup and not feel like they're giving too much. You know, we want this, you know, we don't want to bleed fans dry. We want to do this responsibly and we want to make sure that our crowdfunding goals are attainable. Um, and we think if we get the same support that we've had, we've had between 1700 backers and, and, you know, we've had that as high as that, you know, we've been averaging around a thousand. Um, but if we can get 17 to 2000, I think we'll have enough to do quite a bit of damage before we have to come back to crowdfunding to finish. I think it's gonna, it's gonna be, uh, attainable very easily. I think you're going to be surprised. I do I, too. I'm sure you were, I'm sure you were surprised on the original. <clears throat> I'm sure you probably were, but this... well, I mean, on the original, we, we didn't reach our goals. We, we, we didn't Not get the first time though. You did, oh. you did on the second time though, right? The second time. Yeah. The second time we only raised 13,000, but we only raised 19. You know what I mean? I we were I was very surprised when we did the first um, Blu-ray campaign, which made twenty thousand in like two minutes. See, I could um, be thinking of that too because I know you had a couple with the Blu-rays and a couple follow-ups and whatnot. So yeah, maybe I'm so, thinking of one of those. Yeah, so that one, that one, we hit a goal really, really fast, and we we kind of hit the brakes on it around fifty fifty k. We didn't pump it that hard afterwards, so we could not mess with anything. Um, and then we did another, another one for 21,000. And we, that's when I kind of got the realization that like, I think as long as we keep resetting and then we can just keep resetting our budgets and then, you know, paying it forward each time, I think that it makes it easier to track than to say, if we got it all at once. So who knows if I make $500,000 say, you know, out of nowhere, um, that's gonna, that's gonna require me to just take a moment, go talk to my accountant, um, and make sure that we have everything covered you know, from that standpoint, because we're going to go through a fiscal tax year that's going to be coming in, you know, as income to the, the business. We'll have to pay taxes on it. So that will have to come out of the thing. So there's things to think about. Um, you know, and I, I hope people that as much as I've been a nerd about the story and things like that, that they know that I'm also a nerd about the logistics. Um, we brought on a really good, you know, line producer, Jen Saul, who's going to help us out on, in that realm. But it's also something I'm very well, you know, trained and versed in. That's mostly what I did at the beginning of my career was coming up with budgets and maintaining schedules for future films. So, you know, I look at it and I know what the pitfalls are and I know people see a lot of money on the page, but I can tell you that in the, in the terms of, of film financing and then just having money in California, uh, tr that money goes quick and we will spend it on things that will go into the films like, you know, giant, you know, jib arms for cameras and stunt equipment and effects makeup. And if we can do fire, well, that's going to cost me a lot of money. So, um, we're going to make sure that when we do get this money, it's spent on things and you're going to, and fans are going to be responsible for making really cool things happen on screen. And it's going to be all due to them. I'm telling you, Tom Morgan would tell you to have fire. Yeah. Um, hey, you know what? Let's get, I, I, I really want to talk to Tom. I actually wrote, I actually wrote, and I got to find it a, a, like a, the unappreciated Tom Morgan. I wrote like an, an article 
a long time ago. I was going to send it to FridayThe15Franchise.com. I started collecting all these images of Tom. Like, look at his posing. Look look how intimidating he is as Jason. This was the one that, like, scared the shit out of me the most when I was a kid. Like, I had, like, a whole thing I wrote out. but I, didn't I mean, really you listened to our most interesting Jason episode, right? No, I have to go back and listen to it now. Oh, I thought you did. Okay, never mind. Well, no, I'm you, just catching up on this. Yeah, yeah. It was just, uh, I don't know, maybe four episodes back, but... Anyways, uh, I'll, I'll kind of ruin it for you. Uh, Ted White, we had at number one. Tom Morga at number two. We almost had Ken Kersinger at number two simply because he was Jason twice. Mm. We almost thought that it was appropriate to have him in that location. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to say too much more. You can just go back and listen. But but all along it, the way, what you really were doing was ribbing Kane. <laughs> well, because you didn't not, put him on the list. Well, I mean, <laughs> here here's the thing, though. <laughs> And you can you can listen and see for yourself. It's not really a ribbing. It's just sometimes it's quality, not quantity. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm but kidding. yeah, no. I mean, I I'll be the first one to say that. Oh, we we will rib the shit out of the dick riders. We will. Oh I mean, God. we've had people chime in. We're not really week. subtle about it, to be honest. No. With you. I can tell. But it's something that just happened. Like we didn't create this this legion of of anti-Kane stuff it's the listeners that kind of made it happen like Kent just randomly called him one episode uh I don't even remember what the fuck we were even talking about and he said something about Kane's dick riders and it just went like wildfire people are making memes and sending them to me and it was just I mean the last uh the last episode or two episodes ago with uh that we talked about how Kane did an interview saying basically he thought he should be the next Jason that one got holy shit I mean that episode just blew up, and well, a lot that, of it. That's was... kind of why I. That's that's why I texted you. I was like, "God damn, going hard on Kane, <laughs> Jesus!" Oh yes, that's when you. Yeah, that's when yeah. you text me, and we're like, "Okay, yeah. that, it was that episode." Yes, okay. I've I got a. I've gotten so many messages, you know, right around that time, and a lot of, of them were from people. Of course, you oh, well, yeah. Jason. And a lot of a lot of people who chime in, they're not. They didn't even listen, or they didn't read the description of the episode or whatever, they just start chiming in and it starts creating chaos amongst social media. But here's the thing. And I, and I'll even, I'll even comment and say, they'll, they'll, they'll tell us that we're idiots or, you know, whatever. And the thing is go ahead and leave your comment because you know what, that just bumps the post right back up. And then we'll go in and comment. Somebody else will comment and that post stays relevant for days. And next thing you know, it's got 30 or 40, 50,000 views in a matter of hours. So, you know how it goes. I know how it goes. It, it depends. I mean, it depends. It, it all comes down to what type of look do they want for Jason and things like that. And I mean, for me, when I chose Doug, it was very specific. We have a very specific body type. I want tall and lanky. Um, I'm not going for like maximum buff Jason. Like he's not up. There, he's not, you know, as we saw him disappear, he's not up there doing curls. <laughs> but no. he is, you know, but he is carrying bodies uphill. So you got to give him that. He's got the cardio. That's why he's losing the weight. Yeah. Yeah, which I, you know, I just got to say, um, it felt good to get back into the costume. Oh, my God. Just to, like, be able to do, like, I haven't done Ghost Jason in two and a half years. Like, I've done I it at conventions. Been in your closet? Yeah, he's been in there, and I've taken him out to conventions, and I've done cosplay, but I haven't filmed with him. And it was a lot of fun. It was a good kind of, like, farewell to the character, I think, for me. I do have a quick question, though, because I just seen somewhere that one of the screen use costumes is now a life size display. Somebody bought it or somebody is displaying it. Yes. Um, uh, my good friend from Germany, uh, Dirk Müller, um, yes. he he purchased the costume uh, 
sometime after Never Hike Alone came out, I was trying to figure out, I was actually, this is when the early days of Never Hike Alone 2, I was trying to figure out how to raise funds for it. And um, I took the costume and he was like, hey, I want to purchase it and put it in a museum. And I was just like, this guy is crazy. But I'll follow his song. Let me see what this is. Let's see what this is about. And then, you know, I talked to Dirk and he's this great guy and he collects, you know, he's got all this like great collection of, of Friday the 13th memorabilia, you know, similar to, to Mario Kerner from uh, the Friday the 13th Props Museum. And he asked and I said, yeah, I'll sell you everything I use in the film except for like my mask. My mask goes nowhere. My mask stays with me. But I have the stunt mask that Brian wore. Um, and I wore it in a few scenes too. It was actually supposed to be the main mask until... Uh, Andrew punched the paint off its nose. Um, and Damn we went back, true. yeah, we went back to my personal one that I had done. Um, and that became, that's now become synonymous with the ghost, the ghost hawk. But, um, yeah, I, I sent that all to him and he sent it to Tom Spina in, um, in New York and Tom built that wonderful mannequin. And now Jason is hanging out in Germany, um, as a part of a part of uh, Dirk's collection, and Dirk is going to lend those uh, pieces out. He's got some from Rob Zombie's Halloween and Freddy versus Jason, and some other costume. Oh, I think he's got the Miner from from the bloody Valentine remake. Um, so he's got some really My good man stuff. Crush, Jensen Ackles. Yeah, 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 the Jensen Ackles version. So he's got those, and so he he loans them out to to European uh, horror cons, and so Ghost Jason will be travel in europe before i do i've never even i gotta say this just because i'm i'm just fucking jealous that's all it's simply a jealousy statement (laughs) it just pisses me off that all the good fucking screen use props are overseas like seriously most of them are think about that i really would love to see like a big like obviously like you got the the well you know some of them are in Blairstown at the museum opening there. The Blairstown That's true, museum. but I mean, like Mario Kerner's got shit on lockdown. He's got, totally. I he's mean, got a beautiful like, book. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, like Kirk Hammett. You know, he's yeah. got a bunch of stuff here in the states. Yeah, I get that. But a Another lot great... of the, oh, a lot of the shits in it's in it's overseas. I would say the majority of 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 shit is probably overseas. Um, well, I'll give a shout out to Kurt Root then, because Kurt. Um, so Voices' head and disappeared. That's the same one from Never Hike Alone. That was also purchased through our backer things and rewards. And so eventually, Kurt tracked down uh, Pamela Voorhees' head from our short, from Never Hike Alone. And he mm. also has the 2009 head and he has the original Betsy head. So our head chills with the other two heads. No shit. Pretty cool, right? That's awesome. So he sent her back to us with a little bit of magic rubbed on her from the other two. Um, and then I dusted off the 2009 and <laughs> I sprinkled a little bit more of the 80 on there. And, I, and we built that little shrine. Um, but yeah, we wanted to kind of bring back to, you know, bring back the head and really make it authentic. And, you know, kind of like the story with that is like, Jason doesn't stay in the same place too long. So that's one place that he sleeps in Camp Crystal Lake. And then he's in the one that you see and never hike alone. And there might be other rooms that you'll see as the things go on where you've seen where he's been. Um, but you don't know if it's him or a drifter or like what it is. You just tell that somebody's kind of move things around type stuff. Um, yeah. So I think that's a pretty cool little thing. That we I mean, Jason, Jason doesn't uh, keep his shit tidy like a, like a Marine would. Kent, I mean, Kent's probably watching that like holy shit. He's sitting well, up there I'm and all that mess. In my in my old age, since well, I think it's <laughs> I think it's clean. I think it's clean to Jason. I think to Jason, he's tidied up. You know what I mean? He's like 
he's passing time. Like those things are all, if you notice, like things are like stacked and put off to the side and he moves things out of the way. I mean, he tries to present a space to his mother that if she came upstairs at that moment, a very time and said, Jason, clean your room, that his room would be clean. You oh, know, I hadn't even thought you know, about that. That's genius. That's yeah. I mean, that's a big, this, though. Yeah. If she, if, if, if mama says clean your room, you can't, you know, goddamn well, Jason's going to get all drunk uncle and go ape shit up there and just start fucking drunk uncle and the shit out of his bedroom. <laughs> well, then he's going to, but then he's going to have to clean it up afterwards. He's going to have to clean it up. The cycle. Him. Yeah. The cycle of the werewolf right there. Like, you know, you lose oh. it and then you gotta, you gotta put the pieces back together. And I think that like in this moment that we see Jason and disappear, he's very much in a moment where I feel like. I don't know. There's a part of Jason that I think that has given up trying to understand what he is. And he feels like as much as everyone else in the town is cursed, Jason is also cursed to live this life for the rest of his life and live out his mother's vengeance and have no life of his own. You know, the reverse curse on him where he's basically like his mother. He's tied to her curse like she was tied to him. And also not being able to die. You can't not being able to die. And that's like if you listen to the lyrics like there's that's a big part of it like um you know this grip on my soul you know bury my bones things like that like there's a part of jason that just wishes the cycle would end he wishes that him and his mother could rest but he doesn't know how to do it so he'll just keep going on killing you know and he'll just do whatever whatever he's programmed to do whatever he's here to do if this is his purpose and this is his purpose and i think that what i want people to get an idea of is that this is jason's life before kyle mcleod and you're going to see that in never hike in the snow too i mean the people that he comes in contact with and never hike in the snow do not make it um and die horribly um and then what's left behind is what's left for everyone else to figure out what it is um and you just see that he's been successful at this he's not necessarily proud or he's not you know out there like giddy to kill people he's just doing it because that's what he's supposed to do and by the time he gets to to kyle mcleod he's so in a rhythm of it and he's so like bored by it in a way that by the time someone actually dodges his axe strike and moves when he goes to hit him and runs away and can, doesn't like you know is actually able to take care of himself it's something that he's never faced before and that's what separates kyle as a character from everyone else you're going to see leading up to kyle's reintroduction and i think you'll get that from the way that we reintroduce him into the series you're like holy shit all these people who we've seen go in and not come out and this guy came out and look at the condition is he's barely alive but he made it and so that makes him special. That makes him like Tommy. And so I think that that's kind of part of it. And I think that people who enjoy a good story and who have enjoyed binge watching shows on Netflix are going to enjoy this, especially when you get to binge watch it um, at the end, you know, to be like, wow, this is like a story that progresses and leads characters forward and kind of has a big arc and is, you know, well told on a, you know, on a story scale that really hasn't been done in a fan film before. I'm also really excited, speaking of Kyle and, and Tommy, to see this the dynamic between the two because uh, I can imagine that Tommy sees a lot of, of Kyle in him. A young, he, Kyle is essentially a young Tommy Jarvis. So we're getting to see, you know, a young Tommy interact with an aged uh, veteran Tommy uh, and, and how that relationship plays out because I'd, I'd imagine Kyle is yeah. going to be more... more uh, eager to jump in before thinking things through and, and Tom is going to be the more, I don't know how, I don't know how eager, uh, I don't know how eager Kyle is to do anything after the night that he just had. Right. So I, it's Tommy is the one who has to convince him to make him understand that there is no escape. 
Okay. Okay. Someone who has been trying to escape for years, there is no escape. And the only way to, to stop it is now. And so that becomes the discussion that's there that is solved, you know, in Never Hike Alone 3. That's really where that conversation happens. Um, and yeah, no, very much. I mean, Tommy and Kyle have the same amount of, of guilt in a way, even though any of the people prior to Kyle could have been just as guilty. He was, he's just guilty of trying to survive. And in his will to survive leads to the death of other people. It's the same thing with Tommy, his will to survive his, whatever drew him to that grave to stab Jason in the chest and ignite him with electricity, um, you know, is what got a bunch of people killed from parts six through seven through eight. <laughs> you know, people... fucked off. There'd be so many people still alive. <laughs> well, you know, I like, I like to think about it like this. Like, Imagine like you're Tommy and you're in that hospital and you've been haunted all these years and you just keep having visions of setting that body on fire. And until you set that body on fire, those visions are not going to go away. And like things keep happening and Jason keeps visiting you and you keep having these horrible events happen to you until you can just go and bury that body and destroy him once and for all. And when he goes to do that, the curse has tricked him in a way it's driven him that mad to do something crazy. And I feel like that's how the curse works. I think that's how the curse worked on Pamela. I think the curse drove her crazy until she was driven to kill. And that just kept passing on and passing on. And everyone's driven a little bit mad by this one event of Jason drowning and the way that it took, you know, that entire area by storm. I can't, I can't wait to, to see this man. It's, it's, you've, you've really set the bar and, and I have nothing but great expectations. Uh, I, I, I think I speak for everybody when I say we're we're stoked. Absolutely. And one one thing we haven't touched on though, <clears throat> and we'll we'll touch on this for a minute, and then we'll get to the Indie Indie before we wrap this up. But uh, obviously, Douglas Tate, Ghost Jason. Can we talk about the costume at all, or is it a little maybe a little too early for that? Um, the costume is going to primarily stay the same, but we're going to upgrade the prosthetics. We haven't made any announcements as far as like what the new look is going to be going forward, but it's going to be primarily the same. We're just going to, um, work on the face a little bit, talk about how we're going to show stuff, you know, how we're going to show a face in the film. How does it reveal itself this time out? It's a different way. We're not just going to do the same thing. We're not just going to do another, knock the mask off and reveal it. We want to do something cool and exciting. So it's, it's going to be a long process, but I mean, clothing wise, um, Everything is basically the same. You're just going to see better, better detail. Um, you're going to see just a little bit more top-notch stuff. It's going to be the same, just a little bit different. But, you know, the color schemes are staying the same. Nothing is going to majorly change, only the wear and tear. And as the, and one of the things that's nice is because we're shooting this piece by piece, as the series goes on, Jason is going to accure more damage through each film. And so the costume will change a little bit per film per the damage that he takes. And so there's going to be pieces missing by the end. We do want to see kind of like, what is the skeletal structure of, of ghost Jason. So that last one, we'll want a really cool piece of it, like him, you know, the way he looks, but you basically kind of see what's under all that stuff. And it's really, we want it to be really crazily scary and gross. Wow, for the oh. first time, we're going to get a little continuity in continuity. the franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we want to, we do want to reestablish a more, a higher budget look. Obviously, hey, love CFX. You guys have been my lifeblood for the last four years with this costume. You know, doing the hands, doing the head. They, you know, this time out and disappeared. Probably, I think we'll end up using this material for Never Hike in the Snow, too, the same costume. Um, you know, they did some work on the ears for us to chew those away and just add a little bit more battle damage and get it in the same tone of gray and kind of fix some things that, like, I noticed, you know, through Never Hike Alone. There's a lot of things that I know people 
love the film and there are people who hate the film, but you, no one has studied the film like I have. You know, I've studied every single frame um, as I was making it and kind of making mental notes. And those things are, those are the things that how I want to improve as we go forward. And obviously you can't, you know, there's, there's something magical about Never Hike Alone. And I think everyone chasing this dragon of, you know, it's got to be as good as Never Hike Alone. It's got to be as good as Never Hike Alone. I feel the same pressure. I now have to live up to that. So it's tough. I mean, Never Hike Alone is the factor of many different things all working together. Um, you know, a great group of people. Um, a lot of the same people are coming back, but we're going to have new people on. It's going to be different. The expectations are going to be set. We don't have any, you know, we don't have any surprise alumni up our sleeve at the moment. Um, if we do, I'm not telling. And I won't tell, you know, I'll, I'll try to keep as many surprises going for you guys as possible. But um, I Secrets. think as we go, yeah, I think as we go, um, we're going to add more and more people to this. We're going to add more and more faces. And I'm going to pull as many strings as I can with people that I've met and opportunities that I've been given since Never Hike Alone is released to, you know, do something special for the fans. By the time we get to the end of this, you guys will have a complete story. And then they'll go back to making feature films when they settle the lawsuit. And if they have a job for me, I will pass them my resume and I will gladly work uh, for a negotiated rate. (laughs) There you go. And while we're talking about the costume, though, we got to talk about the hockey mask. I'm going to assume that it's going to be pretty similar. Yep. Yeah, yeah. we're just going to, you know, obviously Doug has a different size face than I do. Um, And just some stuff that we, you know, when he made the mask last time, I wasn't in in the shop. So this time we're going to try and make the mask with me in the shop and talk about the sizing and things. We're going to make the mask just a little bit bigger, um, but most of it's going to stay the same. We might weather it a little bit more. Um, We might take some of the the original type of um, weathering and scuffing and things that I wanted to be on the mask and put that into the texturing. But we're obviously like, as far as I'm concerned, we don't have chevrons. We have all those damage marks. Those damage marks have become our chevrons. Um, you know, people identify a never hike alone mask by the damage that it has. And so I think that that's, that's what we'll treat as our Bible. As far as like when we build the mask, the only thing that will change around it is a little bit of the texturing and maybe some of the shaping. Um, but you know, we're not going to change that overall mat. Like I love the the shape of the ghost talk. I'm not going to change that at all. Gotcha. So pretty, pretty similar. So once again, continuity is still going to be there, but continuity I'm going to have to make a, a huge request. And I mean, this is like calling out a friend favor kind of a thing here that I just, I, I I would think that if you get Tom Morga, I think you should donate his screen used mask so I can hang in my studio. All right. I mean, we're, we're going to YouTube in the near future. So I mean, it would be like the perfect, like backing piece for the studio. Right. All right. We'll figure it. I'll talk to Tom. His people will call my people and we'll get, I mean, not that I am going to keep it permanently, but it would just kind of like, Oh, like you'll, you'll curate it. You'll curate yeah, it. Yeah. I'd basically kind of like, you know, imagine Blairstown museum. Hey, if you need it back, I'll send it back to you, but it just kind of hangs yeah. out in my studio. I mean, yeah. it, speaking of it, Tom Morgan in part five, the shape of the, the ghost Jason Hawk is, is I think most similar in shape to the, to the part five, uh, I believe. Yeah. It's got some similarities to that opening scene mask. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that was like, I don't know, that Jason to me was one of the scariest ones. He never did anything. He never moved. You know what I mean? But he was still like, I don't know, something about him just popping up that just scared the shit out of me. Oh, I'm talking about the uh, the imposter, the blue Chevron. Oh, blue, blue Chevy. Oh, like yeah, a little imposter that, that shape. I mean, that's the only similarity it has to that. But you know what? Shape. I have a I have a really cool new beginning inspired hawk that I think I can put as an Easter egg for you guys that you guys would love. 
And maybe oh, I'll make yeah. it. Maybe maybe I'll get. Maybe if I can get it into the film, if I can work it in somehow, or maybe ooh, maybe oh, I got an, I got some ideas of brewing. Like maybe a little just put it like a, radio. Yeah, maybe I'll figure something out. But well, I got a, I actually got a mask sitting at my desk right now that I think would be that I I saw it. So, you know, a mask maker was making it, and I usually don't buy a lot of repros. Um, but I saw it, and I was like, I have to have that. I love the way he painted it. Um, and it's got like a new. It's like if New Blood, I mean, not New Blood, if New Beginning met uh, Part 8, but on the, the New Beginning mask. So it's got the Part 8 chevrons, but bigger. And they're done like, they're done in like a gray instead of a blue. It's really cool. It's like, I call it Ghost Roy's mask. So I've been trying to think about doing a Ghost Roy thing for a while. Oh, there you go. Okay, I can dig that. Yeah, who wants yeah. to help me out with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But no, I think the Tom Morgan screen used, I could definitely keep that uh secure for you that's all i'm saying i'm just gonna throw that out there if it ends up happening oh you're saying Uh, if tom marger does ghost jason then we get a ghost mask of his yes the screen used tom Uh, marger ghost mask okay all right well we'll we'll go in on that all right all right uh, yeah i should probably curate that mask all right in the studio because it's kind of a big deal just saying i have one specifically made for tom there you go. Yeah, absolutely. So, by the way, to clarify, I do not have Tom Morgan. If I, I will love to have him, but just to clarify, I don't really have him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like we said, talked we about him so either. much. I've been he's so cocky like and confident f- about it that like people might forget yeah. that I actually don't really have Tom Morgan. I have Douglas Tate. I mean, he's ser- Tom is seriously like the mascot of the show right now. I mean, it's it's people love to hear about it. I mean, like I said, people are making memes and photoshopping shit, and they send it to me, and it's like, oh my god, this is hilarious. That's funny. So we're going to get him, though. It's just a matter of time. Like I said, if nobody reaches out to me with the info, I'll get it myself. I've talked to Tom in person, and I didn't have any business cards at the time because I didn't actually know that I was going to see him at that point in time. It was kind of a, you know, a spur of the moment type of thing. And it's like, holy shit, there's Tom Morga again, and I'm not prepared. So I talked to him about the show, and he was like, yeah, I would, I'm not uh, opposed to doing that. And he said, do you have a card? And I'm like, fuck. God damn it, Tom Morgan just asked me for a card, and I don't have one. Son of a bitch. So in my life, I never have a card. I just tell people to email me. Exactly, but it, I didn't have like a pen. It was like a, just a random, real quick passing situation, and it was just. Find him on on Facebook. I don't even know if he even is. I gotta look. I bet I, he he is. might be. I bet he's out there playing Farmville somewhere. You know what? You oh, gotta fuck, do something yeah, on your is. break at Home Depot. Yeah, but I mean, he, oh, absolutely. But he's, he can't be under the name Tom Morga. He's probably under some, you know, random fucking name or. Oh, he's like, just in uh, disguise? Yeah, he's in disguise. So what, what's the thing about him being at Home Depot? I got to know more about this. Oh, you want to tell him, Kent? Well, or do I mean, we not do we not have time for this? <laughs> oh, we do, yeah. Uh, I'll be, we we're redoing the towel in our bathroom. I'll be seeing him tomorrow. Because. <laughs> Is there a guy who looks like Tom Morga at Home Depot or something? No. No, oh, it was, uh, I, I worked with him at, at Horror Hound last year, uh, or was it the year before last? I, I got to spend that whole weekend, you know, with him uh, behind the behind the scenes there. I helped him get dressed and and for the photo ops and all that stuff. So, and then in the downtime, he was back there a lot, just kind of hanging out in the in the lounge, you know, the little segregated lounge there where nobody will bother him. And so I got to hang out with him a lot, and he just reminded me of of like he's just such a sweet kind of uh down to earth guy and he just dresses in like straight leg jeans and new balances and like he he just shirts tucked in like his t-shirt and and you know he just he looked to me like a guy that would manage a home depot that's like 
<laughs> and I made that comment on the on the on the show, and it was another one of those things, like with the Dick Riders, where it just kind of picked up steam. People <laughs> made Dick memes, Riders. And, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and uh, it just picked up steam, and now that's the running joke. Is is Tom Morgan works at Home Depot, but uh, yeah, he's just an awesome dude, man. Just a I I can't I have nothing but good things to say about him, and uh and uh, you know we got to spend the whole weekend with him, and it was just an awesome experience. Oh, nice. Like I said, you made his hood that he wore for the, that he still wears for the photo ops. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. He still wears it. I'd imagine it's probably, it's had some miles put on it now. I've seen it at several other conventions. I'd say he's probably not far from needing another one, but yeah. Yeah. Just an awesome human being. He's an awesome human being. Well, that's always good to hear. You always like to hear when the, when the alumni are cool. Yeah. So it was just one of those things where kind of like the Dick Riders, it just kind of happened. We were talking about the most interesting Jason and Kent was like, yeah, like kind of picture him working at, as a manager at Home Depot or whatever and helping people carry lumber out to their truck or just whatever. He just looks like a regular guy. He like, just looks like the kind yeah, of guy that would call you like a uh, champ, you know, or like, pal, maybe pal, hey, hey pal, pal. <laughs> you know, or he'd coach a little league baseball team, you know, right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, champ. Hey, pal. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like like he's the he has a, a an apron that says Grill Master on it. <laughs> Absolutely, that's where that came from. So now one of these one of these days we'll get him. We'll get him. But yeah, I mean, I mean, we joke about it, but shit, if you could get him in the web series, that'd be fucking awesome. So I mean, I would definitely be open to that. I think you know he'd I mean? be open to it. Here's why: he's still doing costume uh, photo ops, and he looks great. Still, I mean, I think he's seventy-seven, seventy-eight, but he's not hunched over. I mean, he still is the same as, like I said, that he looked over thirty years ago. So I think he could, he could do it absolutely. Yeah, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to look into it. That's our request, anyway. Seek out Tom for cameos. So, anyways, uh, before we wrap this up, let's move on and give a plug to the Indiegogo. And I'll just let you, like I said, I know we're dealing with multiple installments here with a web series, so I'll let you just uh, say whatever you want about about that as far as that's concerned. Yeah, the Indiegogo is up and running right now. We launched it on uh, September 13th. Uh, if you go to Indiegogo and you go to Never Hike in the Snow, you'll be able to find it. Um, you know, just if you go to www.wompstopfilms.com, we'll have a link on our webpage. Uh, we have lots of great things. Uh, we obviously have thank you credits starting at about $5, and then incrementally it goes up. We have things such as digital downloads, so digital copies of the film, wallpapers, scripts, uh, soundtracks, uh, pins, shirts, um, not only for Never Hike in the Snow, but new Never Hike Alone pins that have been released before, brand new designs. Uh, we have posters. Um, one of the top grabs that we have for people's uh, Never Hike Alone sweatshirts and beanies. It's kind of like a, you know, a winter camper pack type deal. Um, we also offer producer credits. So if you really want to come on as a part of the of Womp Stomp Films and you'll be welcome to set, you'll you know, be invited down to come and work with us and volunteer. Uh, we have those perks as well. And each of those come with a screen and used uh, prop. So we have sickles and other items that we're not going to announce just yet because that would give away what the kill is. Um, but we have other items that you'll have, be able to choose from. And as you go up the tier, you'll have higher accesses to higher things. The executive producer class will have um, Tom Morgan signed uh, Ghost Hawks. Just kidding. They will oh. have... We'll have uh, Vincent DeSanti and Douglas Tate sign Ghost Talks. Um, we are going to offer up 
uh, one of our Jason costumes for purchase at the highest tier if you want to come in and be a super EP. So there's lots of different things. So I don't know where, you know, I think most people stand with, hey, we're happy with a T-shirt and we're happy with that too. There's plenty of add-on perks. So we figured out with Indiegogo this time that if you buy a certain tier, say at like 20 bucks or 50 bucks, and you want to just add one pin, we have now been able to add that ability to do that. So we don't have to do these multiple orders anymore. You can add everything in in one order and no need for secret perks anymore. We will still do that. If you do want to get a secret perk, wompstompfilms at gmail.com. Tell us what you want. Tell us how you want it built, where you want it shipped, and we'll figure it out for you. Um, aside from that, we got new Blu-rays coming out too. So a third edition that will be a part of the campaign for anybody who missed the first two. It will only have Never Hike Alone on it, not anything else. It's just a reprint of what we did before. And then every Friday for the campaign, we'll be releasing releasing new items. So things such as VHSs and dolls and other cool props that you can only get one time in the campaign. And there'll be limited edition of each. So make sure you're there on Friday for our releases and announcements. And that's about all I have to say about the Indiegogo campaign. Go out and support it, please. All right, Kenton, you got anything for him before we wrap this up? Uh, just one thing. Oh, oh uh, well, before this, uh, guys, support the film. Go out. I mean, they can only do with what they have. So um, you all love love Never Hike Alone. You obviously know Vin. You're, you're in good hands. Uh, and without you guys, they can only do so much. You have to have the funds. So it's very important for you to go and support the film, uh, support the Kickstarters, uh, Indiegogo, all that stuff. But uh, that being said, um, with the return of Sheriff Rick and advancements in in modern technology and firearm optics, um, can we can we hope that uh, he no longer has like a twenty four inch black dildo strapped to the top of his (laughs) and and wherever the red dot goes, you bang doesn't look so damn goofy. (laughs) Vin and I, one of the things we talk about all the time is Rick's gun. So don't worry. By the time we get that thing on screen, you guys, it's going to be very Rick. Rick's coming back. I mean, Vinny Guastafar is coming back, and Rick's going to have a set of brass balls on him the size of Texas. And, like, he is – I can't wait to unleash Vinny on the world. He is so amazing. Can I just say that, like, I've just loved working with Vin, and I've been going to his acting class, and I've seen him do a bunch of work, and he's just – he's so much fun. The the fans – you know, I think that fans need to call for him to go back to conventions. Um, I don't see him at many, and I always talk to him about it. I'm like, why aren't you doing conventions? You'd kill it. I mean, you're one of the most memorable characters in the franchise. Red, wherever the Red Dog Yo-Yo Bang is, like, a part of our vocabulary as children. So um, I'm hoping to see him at more conventions. So, you know, people booking conventions out there, call Vinny Glastafar, get in touch with him on Facebook. He'll, cut, he'll hit you back. <laughs> like, he's the man. He's hilarious. He's filled with a thousand funny stories, and I can't wait to have him acting his ass off in these films. What such a memorable and awesome character. I'm so excited to to see him back on film. But uh yeah, that that's all I had. Uh Nathan, what do you got? Well, I, I mean absolutely. I mean, we love part 6 here on Camp Blood Radio, so we're looking forward to uh wherever the red dot goes, you know. Oh yeah. You bang. So, yeah. all right, Vince, I appreciate your time, brother. Definitely looking forward to uh you know, being along for the ride, we'll, we'll, we'll have you on a, on some follow-up episodes. Uh you're welcome anytime, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for giving me the platform, guys. It's good to talk right to the fans, and I hope they're excited about what we're up to. And you know, thank you, you know, thank you, Ken, thank you, Nathan, for uh, for having me on. Anytime, brother. Like I said, uh, you're always welcome here at Camp Blood Radio. So, all right, that wraps up another episode. So please rate and review wherever the hell you listen to the show at. Also check us out on Facebook, and please leave us a review there. We would definitely appreciate that. 
And if you want to check out our back episodes, well, you know where to find those. And uh, any suggestions, as always, feel free to drop us a line unless you're fucking Mark Tefner. Fuck you, Mark Tefner. You big dildo. Eat your fucking slot. <laughs>